Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's lovely to see you here this morning, uh, gathering together uh, to worship the one true living God, uh, thanks to the work of uh, the, the risen Lord Jesus. Uh, it's great uh, to have you here, and it's great if you're watching uh, online as well. Uh, today we are starting a new sermon series, uh, working our way through the book of Philippians. It's a, a book of such great, great encouragement, and Colin will be uh, helping us uh, journey through that uh, for a few weeks. Let's uh, just take a moment to, uh, uh, to ready our own hearts uh, as we come uh, to worship God, just uh, being mindful that uh, this is a time that uh, we've set aside for him uh, that we might uh, meet with him, that he might uh, speak uh, to us. So let's just take a moment uh, just to be quiet, uh, perhaps bow our heads, uh, and I'll uh, say a short prayer. Uh, Father God, uh, we do thank you uh, so much for gathering us together as uh, your people, uh, your people uh, because of what you have done for us in and through the Lord Jesus. Please, would you help us put away the distractions uh, and the thoughts that are running around in our minds. Uh, Please, would you help us by your spirit uh, lift our eyes to the Lord Jesus. Would you please meet with us this morning? Would you speak to our hearts? And would you encourage us? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that we can come here, Lord, another Sunday, come and worship you, Lord, lift up your name, praise your name, Heavenly Father. We thank you so much for Jesus, Lord, who came and died for us and made a way for us to be your children once again, Lord, to be part of your family once again. We thank you so much for the forgiveness of sins that comes through Christ Jesus and we pray for this village, Lord, we pray for Long Crendon, we pray for our area around Um, May this area, Lord, know us as a place where uh, Jesus is lifted up, Heavenly Father. We pray that people would come in, they would hear your word and be saved and added to us, Lord. We pray that our church family would grow here and we pray that you would anoint your word this morning as it's opened up. We pray that you would speak to each and every one of us, Lord. You would speak to us so that we'd know more of you and you would speak to us, Lord, so that we change to be more like you, I pray. And I just lift up some individuals to you now in our church family, Heavenly Father. We thank you so much for the wedding yesterday, for James and Rachel, Lord. We thank you so much for the the joy that that's brought. And we thank you so much for bringing them together, Heavenly Father. We pray that they would have a marriage which is centered around you, Lord, where they long to serve you first, seek your face first, and, and then each other, Lord. And Yeah, we pray that you would bless them, Heavenly Father, the two of them, and and bless the next sort of first few days of their marriage together, Lord. Pray that you would be with them. And we really lift up Louise to you now, Heavenly Father, who's um, in hospice at the moment, Lord, just um, on her way to meeting you, Heavenly Father. And we just pray that you would give her an incredible peace, Lord, as as she waits to meet you. And, uh, yeah, we thank you so much for her and her life. We thank you so much for saving her, Lord. We thank you so much that she knows you. And we thank you so much that she's got this 
this assurance, Lord, as she waits to meet you, that she know it, she knows where she's going and that she doesn't need to fear death, Lord. We thank you so much for that. And we pray that those who are around her will see this incredible peace that she has, Lord, and they will see that she doesn't fear death and that they would, uh, yeah, they would long to know this assurance for themselves, Lord, and that they would come to know you as well. We, yeah, we just thank you for her life so much and for saving her. And we really pray that that would have a ripple effect through her family and friends lord and i really pray for josh and helen now lord we thank you so much for them and their family we pray that you would be with them as they prepare to go back to egypt over the next few weeks lord be with them as they as they pack and they're busy with their planning and travel plans lord we just pray that everything would go smoothly and we do really pray for Josh, Lord, for his hearing. We pray, pray that whatever's going on with his ears at the moment, Lord, that you would um, you would bring full healing, Heavenly Father, and that everything would be restored, Lord, in time for them to go back and, and get stuck into serving you in Egypt once again, Lord. And, yeah, pray that you would be with us all as a church family today as we have lunch together as well. Just bless our conversations. Pray that we would all be there lifting each other up and, and pointing each other to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The reading comes from 1 Philippians, and it was the first 11 verses. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel. All of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the, the rich blessing that it is to hear from you. And we pray that as we do hear from you and as we meet with you that we would be transformed by you and that we would be people that live lives of praise in light of all that you have done for us this we ask in jesus name amen well two weeks two weeks we're now two weeks into the new year how's it going so far for you Personally speaking, uh, I've just set one uh, spiritual goal uh, with my wife, just the one, 
with my wife as we seek to uh, just grow in our love of, of Jesus. Um, so we're doing a, a little devotion each night as a leader in that, uh, and we, we pray for one another as well. Sometimes all you need is really a, a little Bible bite together to be able to grow in the love and knowledge of Jesus together. One spiritual discipline that I've heard three people uh, tell me about recently is that they are fasting. Uh, someone told me recently that they're using the time that they would normally have to eat and using that to, to pray, setting aside time to just grow in their love of Jesus as they pray. One guy told me that he's uh, doing quite an extreme fast of 16 hours a day. Uh, see how that long lasts. See how that lasts. Uh, he feels much sharper and alert because he has lost two stone. Um, but he does say he feels the cold a little bit more. So <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to do that myself. And so uh, as we look to the new year, we want to, uh, to be people who practice good spiritual disciplines. Disciplines like Bible reading or even fasting. But especially as we look to have lives changed by Christ, we want to be people who delight in and devote our lives to prayer. And that's really the the Apostle Paul's big thought at the start of this letter as well. As Paul's delight in Jesus overflows from a heart of thanksgiving into prayer. He prays for the church of Philippi as uh, Paul's prayer really should be our prayer. uh, That our delight in Jesus, our real heart for Jesus should lead us ultimately, firstly, to pray for one another with joy. Our delight in Jesus should lead us to pray for one another with joy. Perhaps the question we might ask is, well, where does he get his motivation? Where does Paul get his motivation to be so joyful? Well, as he opens his letter to the Philippians, written around 62 AD, to the church in Philippi, in which is modern-day Greece, He says in verse 2, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God's grace, that is God's unmerited favor to you and the peace or the shalom of God be with you. Be with all God's people in Philippi. As that is repeated throughout the letter, throughout chapter 1 especially. In chapter 1 in verse 1, verse 4, verse 7 and verse 8, he repeats these words. All of you. All of you. He wants to encourage all of his listeners that they all share the goodness of God in Jesus Christ. Paul's point is to to emphasize the reality that as we trust in Jesus, we are all united to Jesus. And therefore, we all share in the grace and the peace of God the Father and his Son Jesus. And every time you see that word you, it's not a singular you, but a plural. It's written to all of you. If you're from the big state of Texas, you might say all of y'all. Or if you're from the glamorous and glitzy city of Glasgow, you might say all of yous, if you can understand it. As wonderfully, as brothers and sisters united to Jesus, we can be encouraged in all that we share together in Christ. Paul's point is that we are united to Christ. It's the idea of union with Christ, that we are united together, one one and all together in Jesus. 
And that is true no matter our circumstances. Because we must remember that that Paul's not writing from an Airbnb in the Cotswolds. He's writing from a prison cell in Rome. A deep, dark, probable dungeon. And yet he writes with great joy, as he says from verse 3 to 4. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy. As he sits in his cell, he calls to mind all that he shares with God's people. People in another country, in another place. And rather than fall into depression and self-pity, he gives thanks to God for the Philippians and prays with joy. As he says in verse 5 and 6, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, he gives thanks as he sees others going strong in Jesus. He's joyful because of their partnership, as he can share in all that the Lord is doing in their lives. And that's why we have so many missions partners here in the church. If you see the board out there, you'll see who we partner with. And we can rejoice over the fact that we are we're partnering with Dave Green as he seeks to go out at the end of this month, and with Josh and Helen as they go out later as well to Egypt. And it's a true delight to partner with them because we have seen how God has been at work in their lives, drawing them to himself and working in their lives to the point where they want to serve the Lord in a different place, in a different country, to advance the kingdom of God. And we partner in that. And so we pray with them with joy. As, in a, church, as a church, we, we commit to praying for them and for other missions partners as we have the real privilege of seeing God at work through them. As we give thanks, we give thanks because all this is what we are we, we are united together in this because we're united in Jesus together. As truly it is, it is God who is working in them and in us. As Paul goes on to say, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Because it is God that works in us to save us. It's God that works in us to sanctify us. It's God that works in us to keep us. It's God that works in us to bring us to glory on the last day. All because of God's grace. All of God's work has and is changing us by his glorious grace. As we enjoy that privilege that God is at work in us and in others, because we share it all together in Christ, we are all united in Jesus together. We all share in his grace and goodness. So much so that our hearts should really pulse with love and prayer for one another. As we we give ourselves wholeheartedly with a full heart in prayer. And we give ourselves both in prayer, but then also in service of one another. As one commentator says, when love for one another abounds, so does service for one another. When love for one another abounds, so does service for one another. Because the fuel for our hearts to serve shouldn't be guilt, but should be grace. 
We're not motivated by guilt, but by grace. If our hearts are filled with joy as we pray for others, then it should naturally lead us to serving others. And maybe if you're not serving the Lord already, maybe you might want to consider serving in a ministry here at the church. Whether that be in children's ministry or youth ministry or perhaps to those who are retired. Maybe in toy box, in baby box ministry, as we're in desperate need of people on a Thursday morning to be able to come alongside people and help them and serve them. Maybe uh, it's to be part of the Friday at 7 team on a Friday evening with the youth. Or perhaps to befriend people at the time to sing ministry. Or in the spectrum ministry or in contact, reaching those in, who are perhaps uh, retired or have more time during the day. Or for those in Meadowcroft as we visit uh, care homes and seek to show the love of Jesus to them. Or maybe even the Friday cafe as we come along and play our part in building relationships with one another, seeking to to show the love of Jesus to them. Or maybe your role is one of the greatest ones, to pray. To pray for ministries, to pray for people, that they would come to know the love and the joy of Jesus themselves. As our delight in Jesus should lead us to pray for one another with joy, but it should also lead us to pray from the heart for one another and we see that as paul says from verse 7 to 8 it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since i have you in my heart and whether i am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel all of you share in god's grace with me god can testify how i long for all of you with the affection of christ jesus paul's heart is for God's people. As he says of the Philippians, that he has them in his heart and that he longs for them with an affection of Christ. His heart is for them, just like Jesus' heart is for us. Because that is true for for many of us that are trusting in Jesus, that Jesus has a heart for us, that he loves us. And that that heart would give us the desire to pray for others from the heart because we love one another. As Paul prays for them, he prays for them especially because of the three challenges that are going on in the church. As you read through the letter of Philippians, it's only a few chapters, you can read it this afternoon. You see some of the themes that come up from it. There's three big challenges that he is eager to to pray for. And verse 7 really highlights that. It addresses the all because there's a challenge of disunity. He intentionally speaks of all people because there's people there who want to be divisive. They have their own opinions and they want to be divisive in the church there. And secondly, there's the challenge of suffering. As he suffers for the gospel and says, well, I'm suffering for the gospel and so will you. And then thirdly, there's the challenge of opposition. Opposition to the gospel. There's opposition both within the church, there's some people causing factions, and there's opposition from without the church as well. And so how do we fight these battles? How does Paul fight these battles? Well, we we fight these battles on our knees as we pray. We pray from the heart for one another. One little resource that we're looking to provide uh, you with as as members of the the church here 
is a little uh, short book called Five Things to Pray for Your Church. Just a helpful little resource as we think about praying for one another. What does it look like to pray from the heart for one another? As we start the new year, we want to lift one another up in prayer, that we would pour out our hearts in prayer for one another. One of our values here as a church is that we are a prayer-dependent church. It is both a, a privilege and a priority uh, to pray for one another, that the Lord would be at work among us. And we pray, just as Paul did, we pray that we would be people who promote unity. We don't entertain gossip. If someone comes to us with something about someone else, we tell them to go and speak to that person directly. If there's those who are suffering in our fellowship, then we pray for them. And we then want to look to ways in which we can meet practical needs. Maybe that's to bring them a meal, to make a phone call, to make a visit. Ways in which we can come alongside and love them. Or perhaps those that face opposition. In some of our workplaces, it can be a very hard thing to live for Jesus. To not compromise. The pressure can be quite insane for a lot of people to be continually bombarded with things that are against what the Lord would teach. And so we want to be able to support one another in prayer, encourage one another to keep going in the faith, as it is very hard at times. And we do this because, as Paul says, we all share in God's grace together, especially in hard times. And that's why we support organizations as a church like Open Doors, an organization that, that helps to pray for and support persecuted Christians all over the world. As Open Doors reports recently that in Iran, there was at least seven believers who were arrested over, over the Christmas period as the authorities continued to make a, a clamp down on Christian activities, especially at Christmas. In one gathering, there was 25 people and three people were arrested at a Christmas celebration as it was being raided by government security officials. Can you imagine that? Being here, worshipping in peace, and then someone storming through the door and arresting the leaders. Our hearts must break for our brothers and sisters across the world as we are united to them in Jesus, that we would pray for them, that we would really have hearts which sincerely lift them up to the Lord. We pray for them as our hearts are for them because Jesus' heart is for them too. As our delight in Jesus, it should lead us to, to pray for one another with joy. It should lead us to pray from the heart for one another and it should lead us to pray to go deeper with Jesus. As Paul says from verse 9 to 10, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Paul's heart is clearly for the Philippians, that their love may abound and their knowledge deepen. Not just love or knowledge, but love and knowledge that their hearts and their minds would delight in Jesus. And that's perhaps the, the challenge that maybe each one of us face today. Maybe our, our preference is to fall off the horse on one side or the other. The sense of, of love or knowledge. 
It reminds me of a a book uh, which which I read entitled Nine Marks of a Healthy Church uh, as part of my seminary studies. And uh, we were asked to critique the book. Um, there's lots of, uh, lots of things to talk about in the book. Well, there's, there's nine things exactly to talk about in the book, like biblical theology and, and church membership and biblical teaching and, and so on. And some said, well, there's, there's actually no chapter on mission. And others said, well, there's, there's no chapter on prayer either, which has been updated. So it now has those two uh, chapters in the new, latest edition. But actually, when it comes to a healthy church, what is the greatest mark that we need? Yes, we need to teach the right things and be clear on what we believe, but but surely the biggest mark that we should have is the mark of love. The mark of love. As we're told in 1 Corinthians 13, without love, we are a clanging gong. We can be a bit gongy if we don't have love. And yet at the same time, we have to think about what does that actually mean? What does Christian love mean? It doesn't mean that we melt into mush and, and hug one another all the time, although I do like a hug myself. But, but true Christian love is seen in being willing to speak the truth in love to a brother or a sister in the Lord, to encourage them, to correct them. Or the, the love that is willing to overlook a multitude of sins because that's what love does overlooks a multitude of sins or that we we discipline ourselves in love to set aside time to pray for our church pray for our ministries pray for our missions partners or that we sacrifice our time and our energy to serve others in church ministries because true love costs us something Love is sacrificial. As we do this, as we we grow in love and we grow in knowledge, then as Paul says, we'll be discerning people. We will gain discernment and know what is best. Perhaps it's a bit like going to, to the gym or working out, doing some exercise. We can't expect to see results in a day. We don't, we don't expect them to see them even in a week. But we will see results as we dedicate ourselves to that discipline over a longer period of time. And that's true as well as we grow in the love and knowledge of Jesus, that we would grow in discernment over time. As we prayerfully study God's word together in community, shaped by one another, that we'll be able to discern what is good, what is better, and ultimately what is best. Sometimes there's no clear answer to things. There's not a clear, direct answer in the Bible, like what house should I buy, or where should I live, or who should I marry, or what university should I go to, or what career should I take, or maybe even the small things in life, the small details, like should I put water in my porridge, or, or should I put milk in my porridge, or should I put water and milk in my porridge? In many things in life, we have a lot of freedom. We have a lot of freedom to be able to do things that we would like to do. In some things, the Bible is very clear on what we have to do. But for others, as we, as we grow in the love and knowledge of Jesus, as God's people, then we'll be able to discern what is good, what is better, and ultimately, what is best. The question that we want to ask ourselves as we think about our lives is, how does this bring God glory? 
How does God get the most amount of glory out of decisions that I make in my life? How do I, how do I bring God glory the most in the decisions that I make? As we learn what it means to live for Jesus in all of life, then it will lead us to this. It will lead us to live lives filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. And the picture of this is really the, the picture from Psalm 1, where the psalmist speaks of the person being, being rooted by the, the streams of living water, that they would be a fruitful person, that they would bear fruit in and out of season. And in the same way that we, as we are planted and rooted in Jesus, or more likely that we, as we abide in Jesus, that he would produce fruit in us, the fruit of the Spirit. Recently, I've been reading this book entitled uh, the character of Christ, uh, with the subtitle, The Fruit of the Spirit in the Life of a Savior. It's a fantastic little book. And the author, he, he opens by saying that the fruit of the Spirit is not a to-do list, although that is often the way that Christians interpret these verses. We like to perhaps grade ourselves on a scale. If you think of the fruit of the Spirit, we think of it in a bar chart, if you like, that we want to bump up the numbers in certain parts. But instead, the author's point is that Well, as we look to Jesus, as we look to his work for us, that he will produce the the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. His Spirit will produce fruit in us. Because Jesus truly is the fruitful one. He is the one who fulfills all of the fruit of the Spirit. He is the embodiment of it. He is love, joy, peace. He is the patient one. He is kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And he showed self-control when he said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. As Jesus, he went to the cross to pay for our sins. He died, was buried, and three days rose again, ascended into heaven and gave us his spirit at Pentecost, pouring it out into our hearts that we would be people who would bear fruit. People abundant in fruit because we are abundant in his goodness because his spirit dwells within us. As we die to ourselves and live for Jesus, that we would display the fact that we are his children, that we bear fruit because he is working in us, that we are children of God, loved by our heavenly father. And as each of us trusts in Jesus, that he will produce fruit, abundant fruit that works in us as we are filled to overflowing with the goodness of Jesus, delighting in him in prayer for the glory and praise of God. We want to be people who are filled with the love and the goodness of God day to day. We want to grow in that and encourage one another in that as we pray for one another. So let's do that now. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the one who has given us your spirit, that we would be fruitful people in light of your spirit at work in us. 
And we pray, Father, that you would help us to, to pray for one another from the heart with joy, that we would delight in all that you have done for us, and that would lead us to pray for others as well, that we would go deeper with you, that we would love you more and want to know you more as well, that you would transform us, that we would truly live lives changed by Christ. And we, choose, we pray this uh, for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, that does bring us uh, to the end of our service here this morning. Um, my prayer is that uh, the Lord met with you, uh, that uh, by his spirit and through his word, uh, you heard his voice and that your heart has been uh, encouraged and maybe challenged. Uh, please do... Uh, yeah, just continue to reflect on the message that, uh, that Colin gave us this morning, just to, uh, to be joyfully, but to be prayerful, uh, to uh, do that uh, most wondrous of all things, uh, and to pray to our Father in heaven who hears and answers. Uh, some words uh, that uh, we'll close with uh, from our reading that we had today, uh, from verses 9 onwards. Um, and once I've prayed to close, there will be a short video that will run, uh, which uh, just sets out or helps us to think about uh, the mission field that the chards uh, will be working in, uh, really just to give us uh, some food for thought and for prayer uh, as we chat over lunch as well. But uh, just some words from uh, Philippians 1 verses 9 on, what Paul says. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and the praise of God. Amen.